0: Hello, hello, hello. It's Bell to Bell, VIP Boxing's podcast. And I think we're on episode 89. Um, What a week it's been. And this is the week to listen to the podcast and leave a review. There's so much to talk about in boxing this week. Leave us a review. Join VIP Boxing's YouTube site. Loads of fights up there from last weekend where John Evans did a five-and-a-half-hour shift. he slept for about two days since, but you're with us tonight, John. Have you recovered from your marathon with Andy Evans before Josh Warren and
1: helped you for about 20 minutes? <laughs> yeah, he even ducked out of one, Josh, didn't he? Yeah, I saw no, um, you, yeah. That was easy work for someone like me, Steve, that yeah, just was sat there yeah, yeah. talking about. And I'm not shows.
0: just saying it because you're my pal. It looked really good when I, was, when I was looking at them screens behind you and I was listening on the earpiece. I thought Andy and yourself were, were very, very good keeping people up to date with the boxing little anecdotes were getting thrown in by it was good
1: it's very difficult to commentate on something like that because you everybody knows sort of what's going to happen or what's expected to happen so we don't want to hear you talking about every punch we we need it just needs to be easy listening and a few little stories makes it go a lot it was good and with us today this week we had to have a journalist so um
0: my favourite journalist, and he's the most knowledgeable boxing journalist out there. I think him and maybe Ron Lewis, for knowledge, have a bit of a, a, a race. I mean, a lot more. There are other pretenders out there, but they wouldn't name you three British champions. I'm, trust me on it. But it's Chris McKenna of the Daily Star, Daily Express, Daily Mirror. I don't know what paper you don't work for, Chris. Thanks for joining us this week.
2: No problem, no problem. I'll give Ron the nod on the knowledge. I'll give him on the knowledge. He's got that game. He's got that. So I'll leave that to him. <laughs> but um, there's only one place to start to look at. Connor
0: Bain has uh, failed a drug test, um, an adverse finding. One thing when it all broke last week, when I miss from the newspaper days at the News of the World and Daily Sport, is when a big story breaks, Chris, the buzz you get from it, wanting to work it. And, you're a little bit annoyed someone else has got it, but you're sort of pleased for them, but you're not. Uh, what's it been like for you the last few days? And what was it like for you, Chris, when the news broke and either you knew it was broken or your desk rang you and told you to get onto it?
2: Yeah, it was, I was actually on a day off. Um, I was trying to get a quiet, I've been quite busy with football stuff. So I was trying to grab a quiet day. The workouts were on. We were told we weren't going to get any interviews with the fighters until the press conference on Thursday. This was before everything kind of broke and... I was sat at home on the sofa. Um, I was I was kind of lucky. I was supposed to go out and play golf, but it was that the weather was that bad. It, it would be, the course was closed. So it was kind of a bit of fortune. And I was just browsing on my phone as everybody does, and the Daily Mail story comes up on my Twitter feed, and you kind of go, "Wow!" First, you think, "Oh, is that a kind of a is it a dodgy link or is it is it actually true?" It was that kind of shocking. Um, and you click on the link and you read it and you read the, the, the byline of the reporter and you instantly, you know that it's right. Um, you got to check it yourself. You've got to make sure it's right. But when you see like a name like React on it, you know that it's going to be bang on. Um, He doesn't do punts, as we call them in the, in the game, uh, as you know, Steve. But he, he, it's always going to be, especially when it's on cases like this. So, yeah, y- your initial kind of reaction is one of like, ah, I would have loved to have broken that story. Not that I love that there's potential drugs going on in boxing, but you're thinking, oh, there was a story there and I've kind of missed it. And you kind of get that bit of jealousy. But as you say yourself, you're going you, go you do your cap to him and you say fair play to get a story like that. Um it's a hundred. And it's an important story as well, because we should know about these things going on in the background. Um and that's where I think as well that it's it's been an important week to remind people why we need journalism, why we need top journalists to working on stuff that That so, this stuff does get uncovered when it's going on. So, from that moment, then yeah, it's literally WhatsApp pinging away, making phone calls, trying to make sure you get all the facts right. You see a statement coming from Matcham and Wasserman pretty quickly, not long after the statement from the board. And yeah, so it's just the rest of the day is just trying to make calls, trying to get the the next kind of step in the story. Um, And obviously, that then dribbles on. So we we kind of heard around four or five o'clock that there was potentially going to be some sort of a hearing on, on Thursday. So that was kind of the story to take it on for the next morning. Newspapers that Thursday was going to be D-Day for this fight, which it turned out to be. Um, there was a few more things that went on, And then, yeah, Thursday, get myself on a train down to London for a press conference that was apparently still going to happen. Um, and, I kept it and it was delayed I, I just as I was setting off on the train. And but the fact it was delayed was was giving you the indicator that they were still pushing to keep this fight on. So then you get down to London and yeah, spent most of the rest of the day hanging around the fight hotel and still making calls and the, and the chaos of that. And you you're watching people, you're seeing people like you see Connor Ben leaving, you're getting a good feeling that this fight's off. You're seeing Eddie Hearn coming and going, whatever he's he's up to, and whatever kind of things he's having to to try and keep the fight on, and then you start to see the undercard fighters leave and then you really know, well, they're not even going to bother here going ahead with the undercard. Um, Because they've been all just hanging around in the hotel as well, kind of um, basically unknown what was going on. And then, yeah, so a whirlwind few days and it it keeps rumbling on. Friday, you're making more calls and stuff, trying to get another follow-up Saturday, Sunday. And yeah, so kind of had a day off today. So I'm praying that (laughs) there's nothing that comes out. Um, and <laughs> yeah, you know, so but you never know.
1: Well, I, I was going to say it's, it's a massive story, and Riaf got it, but it's not a quick hit, is it? This isn't going to disappear no. like a lot of drugs tests seem to disappear within a week or 10 days or get overshadowed by the next big fight. This one feels different, doesn't it? It feels like this could be like a, a moment where everything has to change. So, are you now looking, obviously, looking what's next, but branching out to? So other things, Chris, that could potentially flag up.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, you always got to look ahead and like, what's the next step? One for the fight. It, um, I kind of wrote uh, this morning, Monday morning, that it's 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 not going to be rescheduled now until Conor Ben's the case is resolved. Either way. well, if it goes one way, it's definitely not being rescheduled. But they're not going to push ahead as far as I'm aware. Uh, they're not going to go. A few things were mooted. One was going to Abu Dhabi and because obviously Eddie Hearn has got a deal out there now and he, and they're doing a show there in November. They're not going to do that as far as I'm aware. They're going to let Conor Ben kind of fight his case and he should have the right to do that. I think yeah. people kind of jump to conclusions and yes it's to adverse analytical finding, there's an issue with the drug test and I think it, sh- it should come out. Um, I'm sure Conor Ben's people will think differently on that, but he is now entitled to his due process. Now, it's where do we get that through process? Does it take a UK anti-doping test to, to get that? Can the board look into it in more detail? Can they then make a kind of a, a definitive decision? I know they, they called a halt to the fight, but on whether was this a, a, an accident? Was it contamination? Was it taking it intentionally? Was there a reason? W- what is it? So we need, Connor Ben now deserves his kind of time to, to explain his story and how he will do that we don't know, it's unlikely to be in public. It's probably going to be dealt with by lawyers and, and stuff like that. So the story's gonna rumble on. Um, it's obviously a massive thing because of the the fight it was, it was gonna be a big fight. The names involved, everybody knew the names. So it's not just gonna be forgotten about, as you say, John, it's gonna rumble on. But yeah, I think we need to look at start looking at other things, and that's one thing is transparency and 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 should should it be made public when people find their um There isn't an issue with the A sample, or I'm sure people within boxing argue that they should have the kind of, I suppose, confidentiality. And there is that if you at UCAD, this was a UCAD test. Um, what would have happened was he would have had to to go to a national anti doping panel hearing, explain his reasons for the the substance being in the sample, um, etc., etc., and then they would make a decision. Whether he should be suspended or not by the British Boxing and of Control, um, that kind of happened with the Dillian White case, and they decided at the time he shouldn't be suspended, but we're investigating the matter, um, and that only came out because of a news uh, a website story um around that. Whereas with this one, it's quite different because it's father There's not that same confidentiality agreement. Chris Eubank was made aware of it and his team, um. So we need to look at that. Should then it should it be made more public? Should everybody know when there's an issue? Or there's 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 positives and negatives from that. And one of them is obviously Conor Ben's name is is now dragged through the mud. Um if he clears his name, great. Um if not, it obviously looks bad. And and the argument from maybe his team side would be in three months or in three weeks, if he clears his name, and this was all a big massive misunderstanding, he's missed out on a two three four five million pound payday um he's wasted all that training camp the fight mightn't be rescheduled for six months or anything like that but i still think there needs to be investigation and we everybody in boxing would surely hope that it is all a big misunderstanding but if it's not we need to know the truth and i think that's where i think there should be more transparency on issues like this
0: yeah just for front of all cheers for that it was very excellent insight there chris and explained very well um but where do you think? I'll ask you first, John. Does it British boxing right now, some of us, as I say, you know, he's entitled to a fair hearing. The doctor, Dr. Usman Sajid's been brought into it, and there's no suggestion of any wrongdoing by him. You know, some of the PR of people hasn't been very good the last week. And the public perception of boxing is at an all-time low. I mean, people come up to you when you're in a bar, know you work in boxing. I'm sure you've had it, Chris, and you will have, John. All right, it's all bent. Now they're going to say, ah, oh, they're, they're all on drugs, these people. You know, what, what do we, what, what, where are we now? And what, what, throwing it forward, what can make British boxing respectable again? What will people think, well, there's an effort being made? I'm serious here. I think there should be parliamentary intervention and a parliamentary select committee hearing calling everybody in involved in this last week and other people involved in boxing small hall promoters and other big promoters and boxers for their opinions i don't know what you two think how do we get the the public perception turning again what do you think john first the, f- the
1: first thing we do but whether it ad- resonate with the public i don't know because public a lot of the general public only tune in for events like this don't they So they're not going to take notice of the little minutiae and the little rule changes and things like that, which would be big for us, but they wouldn't even know it's gone on. But the board have got to get on... Drug testing's got to be across the board, hasn't it? You can't recognise one testing authority and not another one. Or How can you take into account their readings if they're not the authority that you listen to? So I think that's got to be done straight away, but everyone's got to be reading off the same hymn sheet. They've all got to be looking for the same substances as well, you know, that's got to be any little loophole that that can be closed has got to be closed, but it's going to be very difficult to persuade the public that things have changed, you know, if Ben and Eubank gets rescheduled, then it'll still be, oh, Ben's a drug cheat, it doesn't matter, you know, it doesn't matter, There's, um, shit sticks, doesn't it? Yeah. And you can never lose it for as as long as you're around. You know, so as long as Ben's around, he'll still be referred to over this fight. Um, I, I can really struggle to think of a sweeping change a change public perception. I, I, I just think it's the way people look at boxing. It's the Wild West, isn't it? You know, yeah. people yeah. anything goes in boxing. I think it's just got that reputation, and people have probably stopped being surprised by things like this. Sadly, it's just another another scandal in boxing. Look at all the ones we have had recently from. Daniel Kinayan in Ireland, to Tyson Fury and his uncastrated wild boar, to Dillian White and Oscar Rivas. It, it's the Jack Catterall, Josh Taylor scorecards. It's just one thing after another, after another. And I think it's just a, a general, probably opinion, that casual fans have got of a sport, really.
0: What do you think, Chris? How do we, how do we win the casual fans over
2: again? I don't know how we, I suppose, yeah, winning them over and, and that is, is, is a hard thing, but one one thing I need, I think needs to change it is with VADA. I mean, the voluntary the anti-doping association is a great thing, and um, Margaret Goodman does a lot of good work investigating to, um brain damage and issues like that as well, and she, she's got a real passion for boxing, I get, and I give her that, but the fountain doping needs a proper process now whether that needs more funding whether that needs more funding for winning boxing but there needs to be a process so it can't be just that we do a test and there's an issue with it and we tell everybody in within the fight there should be we do a test if there's an issue with it we tell everybody within the fight and you call the, the boxer um to a hearing and like they do at UCAD. and then in the hearing you look at the evidence You look at other test results, you look at everything, put forward by both sides, and then a decision is made. And that's an independent arbitrator then. The problem with, um, if you go through it and it's up to the British Boxing Board of Control or it's up to the Nevada State Athletic Commission, there are people invested in boxing. So I think it should be better that it was the voluntary anti-doping, basically, like you can have a a national anti-doping panel, that they have their own panel like that that whether they be um, judges, arbitrators, and medical experts, um, and they sit on this panel, they look at all the evidence, and they make a decision, and they say, right, you provided this A sample, we looked at the B sample, we know that 99% of that is going to be positive, but we looked at the B sample, we've looked at your evidence that you put forward, we looked at the evidence by the testing agency put forward, Um, We've considered what the authority and sport, whether that's the board, British board or in America, whichever board over there. And then they make an independent decision, whether that boxer should be suspended or banned. And that's the only way to do it. There's no point in paying for VADA if you're just going to go, well, here's a test result and do what you want with it. And that's basically what VADA do is basically here's the test result. It's now not up to us. It's up to you guys. Um, I think they need to have their own panel, their own here, and independent people that can look at this, that are not financially invested in either the fight itself um, or the boxers or the sport on a whole. They're just independent. They understand the sport. They understand the dangers of the sport, which is very important as well. But they also understand the science, and they understand what's a real excuse, what's a, a rubbish excuse, et cetera, et cetera. I think that's the best way to do it. Is then you've got an independent body. UCAD does that to an extent, but they're very underfunded and getting enough testing. I've reported on in the past, the amount of tests they do and compared to the amount of boxes they do, it's increased in the last year or so, but it's just not good enough. There needs to be more and more testing. Um, and I don't agree that there should be confidentiality until they go through the appeal system. And that's to, with all boxes that happens. I think it should be made known if somebody has provided an issue with their A sample, and then they go through a case, like any any other kind of Mm. thing. I know it's not criminal.
1: Surely a fight can't go ahead if someone's failed, if someone's A samples. You know, this delay in the opening of the B sample until the fight's too close and then piling pressure on, that we've got to get the fight on because we've not opened the B sample, so we've not had due process. That's terrible. You know, what if someone's pissed really hot and they just choose on a VADA test, they choose not to have a B sample opened, but they've not failed a UK. The same situation, but it doesn't come out. And how many times has this happened in the past? You know, you can't have somebody going into a fight when they've failed the A, the a sample. It just can't happen. No. It can't I, happen. I agree totally. And and yeah, it
2: would be unfortunate if you did have an issue with your test and you missed out on a fight and you missed out on earnings. And it turns out that it was an innocent mistake and you shouldn't be banned. But it's such a dangerous sport. Yeah. It just that I think that's going to have to be a risk. It's just going to have to go down. That That's just the process, and we have to deal with it. And hopefully that people can step back and see that if people are cleared at a later date. And I'm not just talking about Conor Benny. I'm talking about the, the whole sport. That people can go, right, he's had his process. There was an issue with his test. He's gone through the process, and he's cleared his name. He's not achieved.
1: And that's the way it should be. Do, but do you think, do you them- think maybe people should start speaking up about things as well because we've all heard stories and rumours around the gyms and whoever you speak to are rife about IV drips after the wanes. We've all heard that. We all know the people who are suspected of doing it and and it's common knowledge but none of us say anything. Do we? And do you think it's, because you can't get anyone to go on record, do you think it's time that the people, the honest people within the sport should start speaking up a little bit more and you can't name names but... Bringing these subjects to light so that it's out in the open more so people are looking for these things, yeah, definitely.
2: Um, as you say, getting somebody just to go on record and say something
1: impossible would yeah. need
2: more than that because they would be libeling themselves and you'd be libeling yourself as a reporter if you reported it. But yeah, there needs to be transparency. The IV yeah. drip thing, there's no testing for, so you don't know whether somebody's impossible. done it. So that's an issue yeah, within the sport, and that's up, probably up to the British Box and Border Control. That, that that's you, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, because if you were doing it, you could flush your system if you did have other stuff in there.
0: But before we, before we kind of, because we run it. We haven't got we flown this uh, for once. I haven't got a word in you two. Like, it's been great. I've been sitting here just listening to you two. It's been very good actually. Um, but before we go on, the, talk about the social media involvement in this and the Dr Usman who's been linked with it now this guy's been hung i'm not saying he helped himself by taking websites down as i said earlier there's no suggestion of any wrongdoing but i just think that, we, that some of the stuff that's come out about the doctor is just incredible i don't think you know, i'm not saying he's guilty of anything i've got third time emphasized that but this interview he's done that came to light on saturday there was you know other stuff last week on his facebook site pictures of the fight as he's worked with uh, and I've just all the doctor stuff. Now, if there's one thing that's made me smile during all this, is when Paul, I think it was Paul Swift mentioned him, the doctor giving him daggers in the dressing room last year before his brother fought Anthony Fowler. But here's a fella here. Is he being hum- unfairly hung drawn and quartered uh, like Conor Ben? Well not uh, before he's even had a trial. He hasn't said a word. He's got I know he's got a shit hot London legal team on it now. What have you made what? of it, John?
1: All of a sudden, he's up front of centre, isn't he, of this yeah. entire story? And you know what? He, he goes into the... Uh, if you were to have a dinner party of great characters who appear from British boxing, you've got Dr. Uz, you've got the man in the heart, you yeah. and you've got Steve Collins, his hypnotist. <laughs> there are the three. I'm sure there's a couple more. These characters appear, don't they? Yeah. But that's part of boxing's problem. These characters, with no background in the sport, just... It's said time and time again, it's the easiest sport in the world to infiltrate boxing. And these characters who've got no background in it, they find the way into teams, don't they? Now, doctors might have done absolutely nothing wrong. We, you well, know, we got to say that, haven't we? Yeah, oh, this, yeah absolutely. I mean, I'm just this,
0: saying it, it. We talk. I'm, I'm, it, what's been on social it media the door about? open is for people who
1: for for people who might not have the interests of a sport. They're just trying to shortcut to the top to make their name, to to get more work, to get jobs, to be noticed. It, boxing's wide open for people like that.
0: What's incredible, he's got a bald doctor's license, which he's he's entitled to get. But a couple of promoters I've asked, in the area he'd work in, none of them ever remember him working a show. But he's a bald medical officer. What do you make of the the doctor being brought into it, Chris?
2: Yeah, look, um, he's been around boxing in a a while. We um, worked with other fighters. Um, We don't know, but... What I would say is that I think the board are right when they've said um, that Ria did another story today as well, we'll give him another nod, um, just saying that the board are investigating his comments. Yeah, because he's a board license holder, that's why they can investigate him, yeah. But it's his comments, not, yeah, what, comments, of not course, anything yeah. else. Because it's the comments on that podcast where he says 80-90% um, of people in the sport are... Potentially That's doping, right. and, and I think that needs to be looked it, into it, because if you're a doctor with British Boxing Board of Control license, yeah. and you believe there's that many people doping, then you should be brought in to explain yourself. That's um, right. That's right. And,
0: and uh, as we said, if a boxer or a trainer went and said ninety percent of British fighters or big or not British big name fighters are are, are are doping, they would also be called into the ball. So I don't think they're singling out the doctor here. But look, we're going to have to be running out of time. have to move on, fellas. The the fight this weekend, Savannah Marshall against... uh, Savannah Marshall against Claressa Shields. Tell me about it. John, you're a a big female fan. What's going to happen?
1: Oh, do you know what? Exactly the same as we said a a month ago, whenever the fight got postponed quick, I I just get the feeling Shields Shields, might know a little bit too much. I think uh, Marshall might end up, Peter Fury is a good trainer, but one thing his fighters do fall into a little bit. I think he's waiting and following and waiting for that perfect shot, and perhaps not being as active as they could be sometimes. And I just wonder if Shields might hypnotize Marshall a little bit, just do enough to pinch the rounds and and win a decision. But you- Shields uh, Shields could get finished punchy because Marshall can bang. But money on the line, I would. I would
0: back Shields. Yeah, I said the same a month ago, j- just Shields, but I'm not going to have a penny on it. How do you see it, Chris? And do you, do you think what's happened or do you think what's happened in the last week is
2: really going to overshadow this fight Saturday night? I kind of hope it doesn't because they deserve the, the profile for this fight. They, they're putting it on. It should have happened um, last month and obviously what happened at the Queen's death uh, just before it and it was probably the right decision to call it off at the time. Um, but... So I hope what's happened in the last week doesn't overshadow it. Um, I hope they do get the kind of exposure and that, that they did deserve. And, um, how do I see the fight going? Like quite similar to John, I think. Um, I just think, obviously, they fought in that 2011 final, uh, or not in the final, in the Worlds. Um, and you just think, yeah, okay, um, Marshall got the better of that day. But you look at the, the development of both fighters since then, and as good as a job as Peter Fury's done with Savannah, I just think Shields has improved that a little bit more and she alleged it, but no kind of outcome would, would shock me in this fight. Yeah, yeah. And finally, this week, um, we can't wait, or
0: I know I can't wait. You know, one of the great things you would have thought is if Deontay Wilder's back against Robert Hellenis is what I'm trying to say. Is there any, any comeback this year where you're looking forward to it more just to see what a man's got left? And I'm really hoping he shows there's some plenty left. Because if he does, he could fight anyone in the heavyweight division again. I don't want a Deontay Wilder to get in there and look an absolute shadow and shot to bits against Robert Allenius because I love the guy. I think he's yeah. he doesn't get the, the plaudits he deserved. I think he's a tremendous puncher, one of the great punchers. And I'm just hoping that there's, there's plenty left. Because if he if he is, it just it's another magical sort of thing man still in that, in that top three or four in the heavyweights.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's two things in there. You know what? The power's never gone. He's he's, he's still going to have the power no matter what. We've got to see whether he's gun shy or whether he just comes apart when he's hit because he took a lot of punishment, didn't we? In, yeah. In two of those fights in particular. Um, but yeah, fingers crossed, because that explosive one-punch power, he's still the only guy who's got it in the heavyweight division. Yeah. You know, all the other guys can finish people and take people out, but for a one-hit quitter, Wilder's still the only one who can do it. So, fingers crossed he's got about another 18 months and we can get some good fights. Him and Joshua still fireworks, yeah. isn't it?
0: Chris, let me ask you this. I had the pleasure of spending a day once with Deontay Wilder in Sheffield in the Box Nation days, making a film, and I found him great, great company. I don't know whether, whether he's one of these lights, camera action men like Foreman, who suddenly lights up when the media is in town.
2: You've been around him a lot recently. How do you find him as a bloke, Chris? Um, I find him brilliant. He's yeah. a brilliant interview. I and mean, We must say he has said some things that are wrong. Yes, uh, I don't yeah, believe yeah, his, yeah. His, his comments on killing somebody in the ring and all of that. But when you do sit down with him, he's so engaging. He's so... It, it, he's like electric, he lights up, he always has a, a kind of an answer, he's he's always thinking, he, yeah, he's just a massive character for the division, and my fear is that, as John says, the power won't go, but the timing might, and I think that timing is so important to him, because he's not the biggest guy, and it looks, and again, we're only looking at clips, and we've seen before that training images can be very deceptive, but he looks to have slimmed down again, which I think it's a good thing because I thought he was too big in the second and third Fury fights um, and he was just carrying too much weight. I kind of get why he did it, but he carried a bit too much in those fights. But an engaging character, um, quite a warm character as well. Um, actually, I, I didn't spend... I remember Declan Taylor telling me a story. He went over to see him, I think, before the first Wilder fight, uh, Fury fight. And he was just great to be around in the gym and he was just just life and soul of the party. And he always seems he got massive family just seems to be always on the go and like I remember before the the third fight I managed to get an interview with him on, on the phone and and you could just tell he was just knocking around in the background making his kids tea and stuff but he wasn't being rude he wasn't not listening to the questions he was answering everything brilliantly he was really good so you get that from him but yeah what am I what a fight to watch and if he's got a little bit more left in him I still watch another Fury yeah. fight. Oh, 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 <laughs> no, oh, it's not the thing. We do don't mean? need it. We certainly don't need it. But the Joshua fight, my days. If he yeah. gets and, a couple uh, of wins. If... Joshua gets a couple of wins. That'd be a, a legend. I don't think we'll see it. I just think yeah. there's too much history there. But yeah. wow, well, Josh, yeah.
1: Joshua Wilder's fireworks, isn't it? What? Yeah. Wilder Joyce is what gives first.
0: That's the fight. Yeah, that's the yeah. Wild. Wilder
1: Ruiz. I I I'd love Wilder Ruiz. I. I Wilder against anybody, Put yeah. anybody in there yeah, and I yeah. love it. You, it. you know when he was over in Sheffield? Was that when he him and Fiori ended up in the ring at the Magna Center in oh, Rotherham? It might have been. I can't remember.
0: It might have been. He was over for he's got a lot of friends in Sheffield. So he's got a yeah. guy he's latched on to from Sheffield, who's been with him, and he comes over and he stays in Sheffield. He actually went to oh he went to Batley to open a gym or a chip shop yes. who his Cheap mate shop, yeah and, and when i when i did this thing and i can't remember when it was over he wasn't fighting he might have been the time in the magna he was pissing about up with him in the day and he, he was Great, great. Honestly, a gentleman, and he. Did, I thought he can't be lights camera action because he's not dropping a guard, and I'm around him too long. And then he, he before we went and did the interview at six o'clock at night in this, this hotel in Sheffield, he said he wouldn't do it until I shouted bomb squad outside. So I'm outside <laughs> the hotel shouting bomb squad. <laughs> I just as you say Chris A very engaging character like, and a, I remember uh,
1: being at the Magna It might have been when Jazza Dickens fought Kid Galahad That's how long ago it was Yeah I can't remember And no. just as everyone was clearing out And people were going back to the cars Fury and Wilder Ended up in the middle of the ring This is Ten years ago isn't it mm. Having a singing competition And a, head o- a yeah. face off And So yeah. that's how long those two Have been have known it each it other It must and have been ten it. years ago at a rivalry quite... It was quite early,
0: Box Nation day. So I think you're yeah. right, um, John. It might have been about 2013, 2014 at the, the latest. But anyway, we're gonna go. We've been on for 35 minutes. We don't hang around on this, Chris. You were terrific tonight, and thanks for the insight on what it was like operating last week and uh, your opinion on what should happen going forward. You were an excellent guest, better than Ron Lewis, and you
2: can tell yeah. him that from me ha <laughs> no chance, no chance. Get on on next. Yeah,
0: John, thanks as always. As always, you must be sick of boxing after all your comments. You drink a stint on Saturday and everything else for the last few days. So you have a, a few days off and make sure you wake up on Saturday for the big ones.
1: I will do, I will do. We could have done with a couple of stoppages Saturday. It was a long shift,
0: wasn't it? Oh, it was a long shift. You know, good night. We know what, you know, some of the fights weren't bad. You 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 get a lot of these 40, sixes. They're not. They did come and try and test a few people. It was good. It was decent. Thanks a lot, fellas, and thanks everybody else. VIP Boxing, signing off.
1: For all boxing, info, news, and latest interviews, amateur and pro, across and off, click and subscribe. VIP Boxing Promotions, also Twitter, Instagram and Facebook.